0: Hey, everybody, thanks for joining me. I'm Becky Campos with Becoming a Critical Health Thinker. And you're listening to Episode 50, Proteins for Life. Well, I've been introducing you to the Law of Nutrition, and as you can see, there are many subjects that must be covered in this one law. It is the leading law of the 12 Laws of Simple Health that assisted me in reclaiming my health. And this is why I say that it's the leading law. I think I covered it in um, the Law of Nutrition, or Introduction to the Law of Nutrition in one of the podcasts. And I'm sorry, I don't remember the actual, episode number but I did cover it not too long ago and it's the leading law because all of the other laws work in unison and with synergy with this one law. The law of nutrition is all about the process by which food is converted to living tissue. There is no other way to convert food into living tissue. Exercise will not convert it, sleep will not convert it, hydration will not convert it. Uh, All of those um, laws play a role and a key role in the conversion, but you must consume food so that food the DNA and the um, the information within those foods can make their way into the digestive system and then uh, process it, let it be processed into the digestion elimination absorbency absorption and normalcy of this process uh, that is going to be converted to living tissue and so beans and rice and, and yams and 10-ingredient and salads and um, you know really high quality uh, animal-based foods in low quantities and uh, all kinds of nutrients coming from the phytonutrients and chemicals that are in our plant-based foods and uh, olive oils and coconut oil and all kinds of nuts and seeds these are what convert to living tissue, and so no matter how much you keep the other uh, eleven laws, which is uh, hydration and exercise and sleep and rest and um, you know cleansing and fasting, all of those things are good. Those laws join the law of nutrition and support it because it is food that nourishes us and sustains us, and so. Uh, we can do all we want with all the other um, you know laws and uh, do it well but if we are haphazard and winging our way through um, our food supply and uh, never really settling what you're going to eat and what your body needs and so forth and so on then you are going to be shoveling snow while it's still snowing and so Nutrition is the process by which food is converted to living tissue. And proteins are at the center of this conversion. Proteins are responsible for numerous chemical reactions and functions occurring in the human body. The amazing thing about protein is that the body is not able to store protein, like it stores glucose or fat. Instead, this macronutrient must be replaced on a daily basis to maintain good condition, normal, efficient functioning, soundness of body and mind. Now, getting sufficient protein is critical for reclaiming and sustaining your health, for sure. And settling the details about how to consume it responsibly should be of the highest priority. For more than a 100 years, however, protein has been elevated to a state of greater importance than any other nutrient in our food supply. And although it does play an essential role in the law of nutrition, it must not be understood as more important or apart from other nutrients or macronutrients such as carbohydrates and fats each play a chief role when nourishing the human design. Now the goal is to not over consume or under-consumed protein. Both are harmful in different ways. Western cultures are more prone to over-consuming protein due to the high consumption of animal-based foods, especially beef, eggs, and cheeses. And the opposite is true for underdeveloped nations where there is a lack of consuming protein due to food shortages, poverty, politics, And regions and so and here I would like to address and encourage anyone who's on their own journey to reclaiming their health from cancer whatever cancer it may be I can attest to the fact that in the cancer world one of the greatest concerns is overcoming the nausea and lack of appetite due to the conventional medical protocols drugs and chemotherapies that uh, induce and so staying nourished is both one of the most necessary in your um, reclaiming your health and yet frustrating parts of the conventional protocols because although you understand that you should eat well uh, so that you can reclaim your health and you don't feel like eating due to all of the the drugs and and so forth and chemotherapy and it's a vicious cycle and so um, it can be so uh, frustrating for the uh, person and for the family because normally the family surrounds that individual and then they see them losing weight not able to to keep their food down and so forth and so on and and it can be a very frustrating and uh, difficult time so settling proteins uh, protein details is of utmost importance for you, because I know when I walked through that journey, I didn't know what I was going to eat and how I was going to consume. And when I was on that conventional uh, therapies, before I left the conventional protocols, uh, it was on my mind. I didn't know how I was going to uh, gain weight or, or uh, you know, be nourished if I couldn't consume the food uh, long enough. Uh, and and keep it long enough to uh, for it to actually uh, put on some weight and so forth and so during that time uh, most people are going to be concerned they're going to be concerned for you they're going to be you're going to be concerned for yourself and uh, you may have some conventional advice to just consume anything you want so that you can gain weight and that is one approach but it is an approach that is lacking in um, critical thinking. And, uh, and so I was advised to consume whatever I wanted, as long as I could keep it down, eat ice cream, drink wine, do, do whatever, just make sure you keep your weight. And that is important. But, um, I knew that that was probably not the best way to get well, right? Because of the sugars and so forth. And so, Uh, As I was making my way through the pioneer uh, resources that I used to reclaim my health I could see that um, I was going to have to address this and protein is at the top of concern because of the fact that proteins build your body. They do a lot. There there are a lot of uh, chemical reactions and actions that the uh, proteins uh, are involved in, but one of them is to heal the body and to restore the body and uh, build the body. And so I can understand when the person is concerned. Well, so here I simply want to uh, define name and categorize proteins and then talk about how the body metabolizes it and how to consume and enjoy them safely and responsibly. And for those of you who are on your own journey to reclaiming your health, be encouraged because there is a way to nourish the body and stay healthy and sustain your weight in your journey. And so it's my hope that this information will do for you what it did for me. Well first, the word protein comes from the Greek word proteos, which means of prime importance, and proteins are an essential macronutrient, this means that they are found in our food supply in high quantities because humans require continuous quantities of protein. And I love this definition from uh, dictionary.com. It's a little lengthy, but it's well suited here. And I think that uh, just to, to take a look at it is a really good place to start. Well, quote, any of numerous highly varied organic molecules constituting a large Portion of the mass of every life form. And I believe I read in the Barnes and Noble human body series that they account for 10 to 30% of your body weight. While continuing here with a dictionary um, definition, and necessary in the diet of all animals and other non-photosynthesizing organisms composed of 20 or more amino acids linked in a genetically controlled linear sequence into one or more long polypeptide chains, the final shape and other properties of each protein being determined by the side chains of the amino acids and their chemical attachments. Proteins include such specialized forms as collagen, for supportive tissue, hemoglobin for transport, antibodies for immune defense, and enzymes for metabolism. Unquote. Oh my! There's so much in this definition. I really like it. When I take a look at it, I think it really summarizes the the parts of um, this. These details that are necessary for us to to make sure that we have settled. Notice that it talked about a large portion of mass in every life form. So proteins are definitely extremely important and central. And then uh, it mentions that uh, in the diet of all animals, uh, these organisms are necessary and then that there are 20 or more amino acids that link genetically together. And we'll talk more about these details uh, further on in the podcast. So it puts it all together in one nice little paragraph. And I really like that. Well, a protein is a chain of amino acids bound with one another, like a string of beads is what uh, most, uh, experts call it. They get twisted and shaped into a final protein shape and that particular shape has been intricately and profoundly assigned to its function. And rest assured, none of this interaction is haphazard by any means. The protein shape is obeying its creative order down to what exact function it will carry out. It is simply breathtaking to me when you begin to contemplate the vastness of the human design interacting with a vastness in our food supply. There are hundreds of amino acids In nature but the human body only needs 20 and 9 out of those amino acids are essential which are provided only by our food supply. This means we have to consume them. The other 11 amino acids the body naturally produces. Protein is necessary in particular not only for building but also for producing enzymes, for repairing both muscles and bone structure. When we consume them, they get broken down into those amino acids. And although there are hundreds of amino acids in nature, the human body only needs 20 to accomplish the billions of internal interactions throughout our lifetime. Now, there are three categories of amino acids, and this is where you begin to settle those details. The non-essential amino acids are produced by the body. Essential amino acids can only be found in our diet, and some non-essential amino acids are classified as conditional amino acids and are only considered essential when one is ill or stressed. Synergistically, they maintain a good condition, normal, efficient, functioning, soundness of body and mind. And they assist with the Dean principle of digestion, elimination, absorbency, assimilation, normalcy, and boost the immune system and energy. The breakdown of protein into amino acids truly is a process by which food is converted to living tissue. And I love Mr. Paul Anderson's work. He holds a master's from Montana State University in biology and a master's degree in science education. He has a strong presence on YouTube and you can find his work on bosmanscience.com. That's spelled B-O-Z-E. ManScience.com, here is one of my favorite quotes by him on protein. Quote, Proteins are made of amino acids that are the building blocks of proteins, but where do we get those amino acids? We get them from our diet. We basically eat proteins, we break them down into amino acids, and then we can weave those back together again into the proteins that make us. When you look at me, he says, the amino acids in my skin used to be part of my food. And so I literally am what I eat, unquote. I love Mr. Paul Anderson, and you can find him on YouTube under Boss Man Science, and you won't be disappointed that you check him out. Well, next we want to categorize the type of proteins available in our food supply. When we think of protein, we have been trained to immediately think of red meat, cheese, dairy, eggs, and rarely do we think of plant based protein, yet protein is plentiful in both animal and plant based foods. Who would have thought, right? I certainly never thought so. One of my greatest fears when adopting a plant based diet was that I would not get enough protein. Underconsumption of protein is as dangerous as overconsumption and can result in complications and so I wanted to make sure that I was able to consume sufficient protein under a plant-based diet. While in my journey to reclaiming my health, I settled the what, where, when, why, and how of protein. And so here I want to answer these particular questions. What kind of proteins should I consume? Where should I get these proteins from? When should I consume my protein? Why is consuming high quality protein important to reclaiming my health? And how should I consume my protein? So what kinds of proteins should I consume? That's, that's probably the most basic question about proteins because when I started on my journey to reclaiming my health and I started making all the changes in my food supply, protein was at the top of the list. And the most well-known and quite beloved protein contributing foods come to us from the animal-based kingdom. Foods like red meats, poultry, fish, dairy, and eggs. And animal-based foods provide us what is classified as complete proteins because they contribute all nine essential amino acids. And so um, when we consume eggs, uh, those proteins are complete. When we consume yogurt or red meats or poultry, any kind of animal-based foods, they come with completed proteins. The less known protein comes to us from the plant-based kingdom. They contribute incomplete proteins. These proteins are classified as incomplete because they only contribute some of the nine essential amino acids, not all of them at the same time. However, Plant-based foods when combined together, such as combining beans and brown rice, wok, salsa, lettuce, and tomatoes will contribute complete proteins. So there is no grave concern here. Where should I get these proteins from then? I consume high-quality and low-quantity animal-based proteins and high-quality and high-quantity plant-based proteins. Now, in the beginning, in my journey to reclaiming my health, I abstained from all animal-based foods for quite some time and then reintroduced them uh, in a responsible and safe way. This was a major ordeal and much needed change in my food supply, recipes, and menus. Little did I know that the overconsumption of protein is just as harmful as the underconsumption of protein. The first leads to the burdening of the digestive system and increases in acidic environment due to the lack of the four contributors I count on for the Dean Principle, which is digestion, elimination, absorbency, assimilation, and normalcy raw enzymes, antioxidants, fiber and cleansing waters are seriously lacking in uh, animal-based foods. And so here we want to ask the question, why are they lacking in these four important contributors? And it is simply because they were not created. Animal-based foods were not created to contribute them. It is the plant kingdom that has been created for us and uh, that that particular food supply contributes the most raw enzymes, antioxidants, fiber and cleansing waters. And so when we over consume animal based foods and under consume plant based foods, then uh, there is these um, out of balance uh, order disorder that, that happens in the uh, digestive system. And so the higher quantity of animal-based foods consumed, all which must be cooked, slows down the Dean Principle. And the more cooked foods and animal-based foods we consume, the more difficult it is to evacuate the content of your colon in a timely manner, which disturbs and produces an unhealthy intestinal economy, so to speak. And then when should I consume my protein? Well, when should I consume my protein was an easy question to settle since the human body cannot store protein. It must be replaced on a daily basis, preferably at every meal. Sufficient recommended daily allowances can safely be enjoyed when you consume them throughout the day. Very much like when you consume sugars, you do not want to consume all your sugars Uh, in one meal you want to spread them throughout the day of course in low quantities most Americans consume the greatest of quantities during their last meal of the day did you know it I know John and I did Um, most of the day I'd spend uh, running around raising the children cleaning the house you know doing all kinds of things supporting John's career and so most of my time went on feeding Uh, my family and getting my family in order for the day and um, And then I just eat late in the day, you know I I'd snack through breakfast maybe through lunch and then in the evening we we would sit as a family and have a very large meal and I think that's a a pretty normal way to uh, Make your way through the standard American diet and standard American lifestyle To add insult to injury, the meal is usually high in cooked foods, animal-based foods, processed foods, and low in plant-based foods. Safe and responsible protein intake is best uh, consumed throughout the entire day and not in an isolated meal. Oh, I loved to grill at the end of the day since we live in the hottest climate around here uh, in Arizona. Uh, we would just you know, throw steaks and, and pork chops and hamburgers and hot dogs and anything we could grill on the grill and then I would serve it up with baked potatoes and all the, the wonderful things that go with animal-based proteins. And, uh, you know, go to sleep with this heavy meal and my digestive system. And then we would have, um, you know, random desserts and sodas and beverages that uh, were high in sugars. And so all of that had to stop. I had to um, reclaim my health, but I also had to reclaim my food supply first so that I could assist myself in getting well. So protein is of great importance here, but when you consume it, should be done little by little throughout the day. Why is consuming proper amounts of protein important in your journey to reclaiming your health and for the sake of prevention is the next question. Well, protein is important and vital in the body's natural self-healing, self-cleansing and self-rejuvenating capabilities, and the proper amounts are critical for the production of antibodies that fight off infections. And oh my, you need that on a daily basis. You need that for certain if you're under um, conventional care or any kind of care for the diseases of affluence, especially cancer. It repairs damaged cells and supports the immune system all which are critical for reversing the disease process. So healing requires protein, but not at the expense of the law of nutrition and lifestyle medicine. To insist that protein intake for whatever reason is more important than the work as a whole. Is simply participating in isolated approaches to reclaiming your health rather than in its entirety. While Dr. T. Colin Campbell, author of the China Study, who is one of my pioneer resources, spent his entire professional career in biomedical research centered on protein and the overconsumption of protein, he takes you through a systematic um, 25 years of research and delivers scathing reports on the effects of overconsumption of protein from animal based foods and the underconsumption of plant based foods in the Western cultures, especially in the United States. His studies have provided a body of evidence that good nutrition and bad nutrition, guess what? Turn on and turn off cancer promotion and progression and the overconsumption of protein from animal-based foods is at the root of the diseases of affluence such as cancer. Oh my, this is my story, the overconsumption of animal-based foods and all of the rest, and the underconsumption of uh, plant-based foods really was at the center of my uh, dilemma. And so reversing Uh, That condition required I reverse all of the repletion of uh, all the wrong things and the depletion of all the right things. Next, how much protein should I consume? Well, to reclaim my health, I consumed only plant-based proteins from whole foods, fresh fruits and vegetables, especially legumes and beans, nuts and seeds, and then reintroduced animal-based foods in low quantity and high quality after reclaiming my health. And the answer here is a little bit more complex to how much protein one should consume. It has so much to do with who you are. So here are a few things to think about. Pregnant and nursing mothers require more protein for child development, and as they begin to nurse the child, they themselves and the child is going to require more protein. Athletes also require higher amounts of protein due to the constant damage and repair the body experiences when exerted and for building muscle and stamina and strength. Reclaiming your health from injury also requires you increase your protein intake. These are all what I would call life events that require your daily protein allowances to differ from others or to be increased. Pregnancy and nursing your child is an event in your life. For middle school, high school, and college athletes, their athletic seasons end around their mid-20s unless they go on to play professionally. So settling the details of their protein needs means consulting with an athletic advisor and uh, for nursing moms or uh, pregnant moms, obstetricians and pediatricians. However, for most of us, there are universals about safely consuming sufficient protein for reclaiming your health and for the prevention of disease that we can adopt. The following is a helpful summary about protein that I abide by. While health and wellness experts that affirm the 12 laws of simple health recommend lower intakes of animal-based proteins. Ideal range of protein for men is 40 to 60 grams per day. Ideal range of protein for women is 30 to 40 grams per day. These grams convert to about 10 to 25 percent of your total calories per day. Americans, however, are consuming 75 to 160 grams per day, mostly from animal-based foods. Plant-based proteins are safe and easy to consume when you eat a variety of fresh fruits and vegetables and grains and beans, nuts and seeds. And so um, if you're consuming whole foods on a daily basis and incorporating them into your recipes and menus and you're using um, more of the whole foods structure to your being, not the processed foods or high in animal pro- um uh, animal processed foods or animal based foods then you are going to probably lower the intake of your protein some. Plant-based proteins are void of dangerous fats, cholesterol, high calories, man-made sugars, and man-made sodium. So when you consume these plant-based proteins you want to have a variety of them. Plant-based sources of proteins are plentiful, in raw enzymes, antioxidants, fiber, and cleansing waters. And so you want to make sure that you're consuming 10-ingredient salads along with your maybe chicken or fish or or beef and uh, to consume smaller portions of the animal-based foods and increase your raw um, whole foods on your plate and also your legumes, your yams, any any whole food that you can consume in a higher quantity, especially raw, is a very good thing. And finally, where should I consume my protein? Well here, I, it's a strange question, but I think that it will fit with the rest of the podcast. And that is how and where I should consume my protein is probably uh, something that we could think about. When you consume your protein instead of just slab of meat on your on your plate with a potato maybe you could distribute some of that um, a a small amount of that uh, animal based food and distribute it over a salad Or in a chili where I just made a chili and it has you know five kinds of beans and five kinds of vegetables including yams and a whole lot of spices and then uh, that has some turkey in it some ground turkey but it is just enough turkey to flavor it it's really about the beans and the vegetables and it's loaded with spices so my protein is going to be um, really combined with a ton of vegetables and uh, and legumes or it could be a chipotle bowl where most of it is going to be brown rice and pinto beans and wok and lettuce and tomatoes and and uh you know salsa and jalapenos and uh cilantro and all of those put together uh, create a complete protein but if you want to add uh some kind of a um animal-based food you know some some steak or some meat of some kind some some um, soy protein even uh, then you can do so but do you see you're going to have more uh, a higher quality and quantity of the plant-based foods as the base of it all and then a garnish of your animal-based foods so where should I consume my protein it it really is a relevant question here I also love to serve my foods with a 10-ingredient salad every single time, and so if I can, I'm going to serve it uh, along with a salad. So if I have a, um, you know, a slice of, of turkey or chicken, it's always going to have some kind of a plant-based partner, and so I hope that will be of some encouragement to you. Now, if you are on a journey to reclaiming your health and you're still in the process of mastering the law of nutrition and consuming and mastering uh, plant-based foods and whole foods, then um, this particular part of the podcast would not apply until later. You want to master uh, consuming plant-based foods first and introduce the animal-based products as you deem fit so you see there are a lot of nuances to uh, the law of nutrition and uh, to protein here i think that this is a good place to tell you a little story that happened to me which uh, caused me to have to increase my protein my animal-based foods um, for a while and uh, and then uh, return back to my normal protocol and so uh, several years ago i took a spill and fell uh, I tripped over something and I just landed on my knee and uh, and so once I determined that there wasn't any particular uh, structural damage to it and uh, that I could uh, nurse it back. Um, Pretty much myself, I was able to put myself into a uh, 12-week protocol where I uh, did some exercises and all kinds of things that that go with reclaiming your health when when you injure a particular part of you, especially a joint. And uh, and so then I immediately called my nature path and we talked about what I could do supplemental wise and he insisted that I should uh, increase my animal-based protein because he knows my history my story he knew that that was something that I might not want to do but uh, he insisted on it and thought that that would be wise for a while and I was very glad that I did because it did quicken the process and so I just upped my um, consumption of eggs and some yogurts and some lean meats for a while and then you know little by little um, reverse that process to um, more of what i like to consume and so um, i am very thankful for my nature path and his ability to you know advise me whenever i think that i need some you know i'm pushed to my limits and i need his expertise and so And so you see there are many nuances to the uh, 12 laws of simple health and the law of nutrition and lifestyle medicine that you're going to have to make your way through. And this is where critical thinking and wisdom uh, applied is going to make all the difference in the world. And be encouraged because it really is much simpler than it looks we just want to narrow it down to proteins are broken down into amino acids the human body requires 20 to sustain a good condition normal efficient functioning human design nine of those are essential and contributed only by our diet animal-based foods contribute complete proteins which include all nine amino acids And plant-based foods contribute incomplete proteins, which include only some amino acids and require you to consume them in combinations. And so um, it's simpler than we think. And we want to keep in mind that And remember that there are universals and there are particulars to the law of nutrition, proteins for life, becoming a critical health thinker. And each person has their own condition, food supply, family, culture, and background. The goal here is to take this information and make it your own. Well, thank you so much for listening. It is my hope that you'll join me for episode 51 as I answer the question, what about? fact. And as always, it is my hope that after all your listening, you will experience how simple health really is.